my wife and I were so thrilled when we saw King James oh, at you. Steppenwolf. I, it was um, curiously old fashioned, and yet it had a completely modern energy, and it was and it was a, it, it was a great story about about friendship between these two uh, fans who of the Cleveland Cavaliers who worship in varying degrees, um, LeBron James. And I say this to you with the greatest affection and respect as a Golden State Warriors fan. Damn you, sir. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry. Um, you guys won three out of four against us. So what am I supposed to say? <laughs> you are telling your truth, which I respect. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, and now in its 16th year, episode number 800, Hail King James! For this landmark 800th episode of the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, I am thrilled to speak with Rajiv Joseph, the OB-winning playwright and screenwriter who's played Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo, was a finalist for the 2010 Pulitzer Prize, and whose latest play, King James, is now playing at Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago before heading to the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles for all of June 2022. When Rajiv and I spoke last week, I asked him the boring how autobiographical is your play question, but also the slightly more interesting, did King James take any other sort of shape before arriving in its current and brilliant form question? I am a huge sports fan. I grew up in Cleveland, We're big Cavaliers, Indians, or <clears throat> now Guardians and Cleveland Browns fan. And it's always been a really big part of my life and part of my family's life and part of my friend's life. And as I grew into being a writer and a playwright and a screenwriter, I began to explore those feelings, you know, the feelings of, of being a fan, not just the, we tend to look at sports as this sort of either a thing that you watch in the moment or, you know, for certain nerds, you know, people who go through statistics and, you know, and, and try to figure out the historical import of athletes and certain teams and seasons, et cetera. And the emotional impact of sports seems to me largely unexplored, especially in theater and in screen. And I've already written about sports before. I co-wrote a screenplay called Draft Day with my friend, Scott Rothman. And that was um, actually about the Cleveland Browns and shot and filmed in Cleveland starring Kevin Costner and Chadwick Boseman. And that was a big thrill of my life and my career because I hear I was writing a movie. It was my first movie ever produced in my hometown about my favorite football team. And that was about the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. So it was sort of about sports business. Um, but it was also about family and the emotional impact of being part of a team and part of an organization has on an individual. In the case of King James, I was very interested in number one, the pageantry of especially NBA basketball games. Uh, I had season tickets to Brooklyn Nets for four years when I lived in Brooklyn. And I got those simply because I wanted to be part of that action. I, I wasn't a Nets fan in any kind of real way. I'm still a Cavs fan, 
but I split tickets with another theater artist, Robert O'Hara, playwright and director. And he and I went to some of these games together and he wasn't even really a fan at first. So I was kind of explaining it to him and trying to convince him that this was a good idea to get tickets because it wasn't just about the game, but about the spectacle of it all, the cultural import of the first professional team in Brooklyn since the Dodgers. And when you go to a basketball game, it's not just about the action on the court. In fact, that takes up very little of your time there. There's lights, there's costumes, there's mascots, there's dancers, there's DJs, there's concerts, there's the presentation of colors and the military. There is the performance of the national anthem. So all of these things combine into what I consider a piece of theater. And so that was part of the inspiration for writing King James. Well, and, you've, and, you, and you seized it on this iconic um, um, human being who has also achieved legendary, dare I say, savior, messianic status, you know, um, in LeBron. And, 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 and yet what was fun, again, from, well, taking place at Steppenwolf in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> in a city full of Bulls fans, and for this Warriors fan, and I'm probably less of a diehard sports nerd than you are, <laughs> um, um, but but to but but to analyze the the ups and downs, the pros and cons of not of LeBron specifically, but also our feelings. They translate so easily to our feelings for Michael Jordan, or to any sort of sports figure that you sort of latch on to. It's a great way of focusing the 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 conversation about all those things that you're talking about yeah i think that that's another as i got deeper into writing the play because for me when i write plays i don't always know what they're about i know what the plot is or who the characters are or the setting but it takes a few drafts for me to understand what it is i'm actually writing about or what are the things that are concerning me with this what has led me down this path right. and the what emerged for me was that I started to understand that at least in my experiences and the way I viewed these sorts of things over the years is that I think that many people particularly certain younger men in this country have a hard time expressing their emotions to one another but are able to do so using the language of sports and when you debate about who's better Michael Jordan or LeBron James Yes, there is that literal debate, but there's also a symbolic debate happening. What do you, what do these people mean to you and why do they mean it a certain way? And when you are talking about the greatest, it's kind of an absurd conversation, but beneath, you know, most absurdity is great meaning. And I think that is what is being explored or what I'm at least trying to explore in the conversations between Sean and Matt and King James. And and you and you point that out too that it's an absurd conversation and yet it's a conversation people approach with such fervency <laughs> and such scientific passion. No, it can be proved. It must be proved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, that's really great. And I love what you're saying too about and about how sports allows many people, men in particular, ways of talking about things that are important without having to say the actual things that are important. It becomes meta a metaphorical conversation. And it's, which is why it surprises me that there are so few plays that deal with sports. 
Um, we wrote we wrote for the Rudy Shakespeare Company, um, um, uh, the complete world of sports abridged, and we 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 played it in London in 2012 during the Olympics, which oh, wow. was so much so yeah. much fun. Fantastic. Um, um, and we thought, hey, there's no there's no place about sports. This will be great. People come to see us. And then we went, oh, it seems like there's reason no there are no places about sports. Is that theater fans don't care and sports fans don't go to the theater. Have you found any of that sort of trouble in in selling in air quotes King James? Well, this is part of the reason I think it's having part of the reason it's great that it's premiering in Chicago. And I might be making a grand generalization here, but it's my opinion, being an outsider, not a Chicagoan, that Chicago is one of those cities where the same people who go to the theater are the people that go to the games. And that everyone in Chicago, it seems in one in some way, shape or form is a sports fan. And I would perhaps say the same thing about Cleveland, except there's not as much, you know, theater opportunities in Cleveland as there are in Chicago. Right. But you know, I think that it will be interesting to see how this play uh, comes out in Los Angeles, where it's going next. Uh, oh, great! In the, in the spring, and I think it will have the advantage, of course, because LeBron James is playing in Los Angeles right now, and so there's at least you know has that going for it. So it's a co-production between Steppenwolf and Center Theater Group in LA, and it's kind of a perfect co-pro uh, in in that regard because we're talking about not only two sports cities but two kind of legendary basketball cities and one in which LeBron James is currently playing in. Hello, as far as I know, I'm Weird Al Yankovic. You're listening to Tim Minchin. Hi, this is Cory Booker. Hi, this is Octavius Elise. Hi, I'm Ann Hayes. Hi, I'm Scott Simon of NPR News. Hey, I'm Eric Stone Street from ABC's Modern Family. Hi, this is Scott Bakula. Hi, I'm Kate Titchener. I'm Austin's mother. Hey, this is Joel Murray, Freddie Rumson from Mad Men. Hi, I'm Lawrence O'Donnell. My name is Devon Glover, also known as the Sonnet Man. I'm Michael Whitmore, director of the Folger Shakespeare Library in Washington, D.C. Hello, my name is Nicholas Parsons. Hi, I'm Rachel Dratt. This is Christopher Moore. Hi, I'm Ken Ludwig. Hey, I'm Reed Diamond. Hi, this is Mia Gosling, creator of Shakespeare webcomic Good Tickle Brain. This is David Keckner. Hello, folks. This is Mike McShane. Hello. I'm Adrian Scarborough. Hi, I'm Matt Walsh of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Hi, I'm Brian Dennehy, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. Quality of mercy is not strained. It's sprinkling from above like the... No. <laughs> <laughs> Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare company for just two more weeks when we'll give our first live performances in over two years in Washington, Pennsylvania on April 20th and Reston, Virginia on April 24th. We also have a few other gigs planned for this spring and summer of 2022, which I hope we can talk about soon. In the meantime, check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com or our Twitter feed at Reduced for more information. Now back to my conversation with playwright and screenwriter Rajiv Joseph, whose latest play, King James, is in its final week of performances at Steppenwolf Theater here in Chicago before it opens for a month-long run in June of 2022 at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. You talked about the, the, the pageantry and the epic theatricality of going to sports games. Yeah. Um, and yet, 
your play King James is curiously, and I think in a way wonderfully old fashioned in that it's just two characters and a single set with a couple of surprises that I won't spoil. Um, did, did King James ever take a more theatrical uh, form in your early drafts? No, in fact, it was probably even less so. Uh, I think an early draft of this play was one scene, one single scene that took place in what you would regard as the fourth quarter, the, the fourth, the, the scene in which there's a parade downtown Cleveland because the Cavaliers have just won the championship and the entire scene took place like that. And that I quickly abandoned in part because one of the inspiring forces of this was also the passage of time because LeBron had been in my life and in the lives of basketball fans everywhere for so long as he continues to be. I think he's in his 19th season now. And when I, when LeBron came into the league as a rookie, I was in graduate school. So my artistic career as a writer has almost paralleled his career, not, not in any significant way, just in time. Um, no one's calling me the greatest of all time or having those debates. I mean, I, yeah, there's probably somebody out there having a debate, who's better, Rajiv Joseph or Shakespeare? And there's lots of ways you can look at that argument and, you know. Uh, and it won't be just your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but in, but what I'm saying is that I needed to break this up into time zones, and that's when the idea of making it structure uh, similar to that of a basketball game, four quarters, four scenes with a halftime. At one point, I wanted to have a halftime show in there, but then I realized not everyone wants to get up and go to the bathroom, so no need to keep them in their seats any longer. Um, we have the DJ up there playing throughout the 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 proceedings, and DJ Chloe, and she's wonderful, and I, I think the third character of the play. Absolutely, and I was surprised. I did not see DJ Chloe listed in the program at all. Um, and I was wondering whether she was your device or director Kenny Leon's. Uh, Kenny and I had talked about different options for kind of including a tip of the hat to the pageantry, but it was Kenny's idea um, to bring in uh, Chloe and he selected her and you know, kind of created that whole notion which I think works so well in the play. And as far as I'm concerned, every play currently being produced would be improved with a DJ playing those songs before the show. Come on, people. It's yeah, it's, it's fun. It's it's and that 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 was again, that's that's the idea of, you know, when you go to a basketball game, it's not like you go there and you sit in your seat quietly until tip off. Yeah. You know, there's an enormous amount of performance happening. And so we thought, why not we kind of explore the same? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I, 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 I loved it. So, I, every inch of it. I mean, there's just from beginning to end, even even when the story went in a way that I was I had predicted like five minutes ago, I it, it was satisfying. I went, yes, this is what I, I mean, a way, you know, in, in the way you want your team to play. It was it, watching the play was satisfying, like watching my team win a game, even though it was about the Cleveland Cavaliers, about which I have very few feelings. Right, right, right. Well, that's great. That's that's high praise. I would say. Thank you. Um, will you be? Uh, will be? Will LeBron be invited to opening night in L.A.? LeBron has a standing invitation to any and all of my plays at all times. So uh, all he has to do is take me up on the offer. Come on, King. Come on, <laughs> King. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, so stick around. 
Rajiv Joseph's King James is a lovely comedy, a great reward for coming back to the theater. And it runs for one more week at Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago. It closes on April 10th there and then opens for a month-long run in June at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. Go to Steppenwolf.org or centertheatergroup.org for more information. Then let us know how your heroes have disappointed you via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. Thanks, as always, to the actual goat, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand, our 800th random fan shout-out goes to Catherine Kidwell. No reason. It's just random. Special thanks to all the artists and journalists who have spoken to me for the last 800 weeks. And finally, thanks very much to you, as always, for listening. Here's, if you can stand it, to 800 more weeks of episodes. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 824-hundredths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Rajiv, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, I, I thank you for the play. Thank you for your plays, uh, plural, and all of your work. It's just, it's phenomenal uh, watching your stuff and, um, and, and a privilege getting to talk to you. So thank you. Austin, thank you so much too. This has been a real pleasure to be on your show. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less.